Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Hi, it's noon. It's Friday afternoon. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. There's a lot of stuff going on today, and here is Rick to deliver the lunch. What's going on, Rick? All right, guys. So... This sound was just sent over um, earlier in the week. Sean Payton was reportedly given permission to interview with the Arizona Cardinals. But how legit is the chance of him becoming the Cardinals head coach? Here's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport from earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show. So going into this, I would have said, I don't know if Sean Payton would go to the Cardinals. Now I think it's pretty legit. Like Really? Yeah. Like, both them and the Texans have kind of undercover pretty good opportunities because Kyler is wow. different. But quarterback. Sean Payton's different, too, and maybe that works. And he is a great coach and will no doubt give some accountability to Kyler Murray and make sure of it. Um, they're not going to need a clause in the contract, etc. Sean will make sure of it. And then the Texans, you basically get to start clean with a new quarterback at number two, like, and the you know seventy five million dollars of cap space. That's a pretty good opportunity too. Houston, big. What do you guys think about that? I tell you, every time somebody makes the case for why Kyler Murray specifically needs Sean Payton, and I'm trying to remain level headed about this, I'm yeah. trying to be like, oh, you know, Sean Payton. Yeah, there's a lot of good, but you know, if it can't be him, there are other options. But every time I hear somebody make the case of like like he just did right there, oh, Kyler's different. Sean's a little different too. Maybe they need each other. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, they have to get Sean Payton. There's no other option. <laughs> you know what's uh, for me? Once again, I just like hearing Sean Payton talk about Kyler Murray. That's all I need right there is Sean Payton talking about Kyler Murray and what he would do with Kyler Murray. That convinces me. That's all I need right there. Don't go to Houston, Sean. That's no. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Not losing out to Houston. All right. Speaking of the Cardinals. They have reportedly requested permission to interview Steelers linebackers coach and former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores for their head coaching position. He was 24 and 25 in three seasons with Miami. How would you guys feel about Flores with the Cardinals? Uh, he's not on the level of Sean Payton for me, obviously, but <laughs> there's a few different ways to look at this. I like that he has NFL experience. I like that he finished some of those seasons strong. I don't. I, I didn't think he should have been out in Miami. I thought he was like a good up and coming coach that was starting to get totally it. Totally agree. Um, it would be an interesting dynamic between him and Kyler Murray. Again, I keep going through the same filter. Thursday night football. Kyler comes over yelling at his head coach. If that's Brian Flores. He's not good enough with that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see Kyler that. Kyler Murray's going. been playing for the other team in the second half. <laughs> You're going to set your butt down right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that happening right there. You know, it's just more fodder for the, if it's not going to be a guy that is an offensive coach like Sean Payton with that kind of reputation. I'm looking at a defensive coach, and I think I know why the Cardinals are looking at a defensive coach, because they want that separation once again. They want that defensive coach to be the head coach. 
the alpha male in the room and the separation where he's not working, where you need to build that relationship on a peer-to-peer basis, where you need that if you are the quarterback coach, if you're the play caller and the offensive coordinator like Cliff was, man, suddenly you need to be able to yell at each other like that. Not the head guy. And because of that, it makes me think, just like Vance Joseph, just like D'Amico Ryans, yeah, Brian Flores, he fits the ticket, doesn't he? All right, the Arizona State men's hoop squad destroyed Oregon 90-73 to in Eugene last night to improve to 5-1 and one in the conference. Here's guard Des Cambridge on the radio broadcast following the game. Um, actually, Coach emphasized to really try to come out and have a good start because um, in four of our away games, we hadn't started well yeah. um, away, and we were always trying to catch back up. And so today we were really focused to try to um, come out and push them first. Um, in the first four minutes, and that's what we did. And uh, we we held the lead for like the whole game. They made a couple runs, but uh, we withstood it. And um, I think we um, showed why we're a good team. So this brings us to our Arizona Sports, our Sanderson Ford poll question up now at ArizonaSports.com. Do you guys think that ASU will make the NCAA tournament? Yes, they're a legit basketball team. No. They won't have enough quad one wins. Or ask me again after a few more games. <laughs> okay. No. Yes. No. Yes. yes. They are. They are a legit basketball uh, team. Yeah. I. I. I'm not going to do the ask me again after a few more games. I'm. I'm with you, Wolf. They, what are they? Fourteen and three now. They, Fourteen and three, and they're five and one. If I'm not mistaken, in the conference. And they. They didn't. They lost to U of A, but they played them. That was, you know, that was a, a contentious game, pretty much down to the wire. I, yeah, I think they're legit. I, I find it funny that they're not only not in the top twenty-five; they're not even in the others receiving votes category. Being fourteen and three, they've just beat Washington State, Washington, and Oregon in their last three games. Look, it's ASU, it's basketball. Uh, they could rip my heart out here, but right now, I mean, you're fourteen and three. I would, I would hope this is year you're not going into the Pac-12 tournament thinking you have to win it to get in. No, I'm with you on that one, man. Yeah, I love what Bobby Hurley is doing with this bunch right here, man. They've got a team that plays together, a team that plays as a string on the defensive end. they got a couple of guys that can shoot the ball as well. And Frankie Collins, I think, does a nice job distributing. All right, I will pick, yes, they are a legit basketball team because I do believe they are a legit basketball team. And that is the top choice right now. 65% of the uh, voters say that they are a legit basketball team. 23% said, ask me after a few more games. And 12% voted that they won't have enough quad one wins. So those 12% are the U of A fans. <laughs> well, look, they got, what, 14 games left plus the tournament, Pac-12 tournament? If you yeah. go 9-5, and five, you're in. It doesn't matter who you're playing. That's, you're going to be up to 23 wins going yeah. into the Pac-12 tournament. Certainly, if you go 10-4, and four, you're in. It doesn't really, at that point, matter your your quality of, of wins. Barring injury, of course, and that always is the wild card. It is. But there's no doubt about it, man. Bobby Hurley has got these guys playing at a high level. It, it feels like them. a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, I expect them to make the tournament. All right, and one more for you guys. The Suns, they play at Minnesota tonight at... At 6 p.m. on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. So what is the number one thing you guys would like to see from the team tonight against the Timberwolves? Uh, look, I, I'll I'll go very simple with this one. A, a win. And, and not just because they need 
emotionally, I think, wins. You got to stay ahead of Minnesota. This is this is not, oh, you know, they're playing Indiana. Minnesota right now is right next to you in the play-in tournament. And at some point, these games against these particular teams are going to start to add up. And also, this is the one team in this 10-game stretch that they're playing that is sub-500. I think Minnesota's a decent basketball team, but you have to find a way to win tonight. I want to see physicality. I want to see toughness. I want to see defense. I want to see competition. I want to see them go out and compete. Hopefully, DeAndre Ayton is going to be able to go tonight. Interesting if he doesn't. I'm just, <laughs> just stop it. Stop it. But you get my point. Going, well, look, as we learned, they can't trade anybody in or out anyway. So well, you there you go. go, right there. Now, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Robert Sarver would be interested in getting DA out the door. Maybe he would. More on this as the show unfolds. Oh, look at that. Foreshadowing for something I hope we're talking about later. Yeah, we are. Okay, we're good. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. When we come back, we finally have heard from Jay Crowder regarding his absence from the Phoenix Suns. We also heard from Mikel Bridges on Jay Crowder's absence from the Phoenix Suns. The two extremes, the guy that never misses a game and the guy that never plays in a game. We'll tell you what they had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right. It's um, getting interesting with Jay Crowder. Getting more weird with Jay Crowder. Chris Haynes, senior NBA insider for TNT, writes for Bleacher Report. His top tweet on his page right now is an exclusive that he has uh, where he talked to Jay Crowder and he talked to Mikael Bridges. And so I'm going to read you the quotes real quick so we have time to to get into it this segment. I'm going to start with Mikael Bridges, okay? This is yes. quotes from Mikael. That's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. That's my guy. It's the NBA. It happens. I know he wants to be here, but it's the league. That's just how it is sometimes. This is my fifth year in the league, and I understand how it could be. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. We'd love to have him here, but we get it, unquote. Okay, so that's Mikel. Kind of sets the table for everything else as far as I'm concerned. And I, and as I said earlier, I appreciate Mikel commenting on it and not like hiding behind right. an unnamed source like you no, know, just you can quote me as Mikel Bridges how about that that's refreshing in this day and age all right uh now here's the quote from Jay Crowder I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team and they all have stretched how much they miss me stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision and I'm thankful for their understanding this move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me but my teammates as you can see from speaking to them and myself and the conversations we've had behind closed doors I'll continue to prepare myself daily for battle once the call is made and continue to be a leader on the court locker room as well as off the court I'm thankful my teammates appreciated my leadership I'm confused and hurt my coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences, unquote. Okay, you know what? My very first thought when I heard this, Basinonians, was if what Jay Crowder is saying is true and legit, mystery solved. Mystery solved. Yes. creates more. No. No, it does not. It's exactly what I thought. Once again, Jay Crowder and the culture of the Phoenix Suns, think of it. What a family they were. What they were all about. Defense and toughness and physicality and Jay Crowder. And how disparate it looked in that Mavericks series. How messed up they looked. 
And remember the rumors that were floating around that something they assumed was true, something they all knew was true, suddenly was not inside that locker room. Mystery solved is that's my first reaction when I read this. Because if Jay Crowder is telling you the truth, that his teammates have reached out, what a distraction this is. We've talked about this many times in regard to Jay Crowder. And could he possibly be this distraction to every one of his teammates that loved him? Yeah, you got that's the biggest thing that this, I don't want to say completely cleared up because, again, Jay Crowder is obviously upset with the team. So maybe he's right. telling 100% I'm truth. Saying if he's truth. telling the truth. Yeah, but, but Mikel Bridges, I mean, he kind of echoed that. Now, Mikel's speaking for Mikel. Mikel's not saying, hey, everybody on this team loves Jay and we got to have him back. But, I mean, he did say, you know, what did he, we'd love to have him here, but we get it. In addition to saying that's one of our leaders, I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. So that's at least that's at least one very important player on the Suns that misses having Jay Crowder around. The, where it raises more questions for me is, then why is he not playing? Yes. Whose decision is this? Is this Jay Crowder's decision? Because like you pointed out earlier, he kind of contradicts himself in that quote where he's, he's like, yeah, I was blindsided. My teammates were blindsided by this. And then he also says... I, I appreciate how much my teammates miss me and respect my decision. So yeah, okay. is Jay choosing yeah. to sit or are the Suns <laughs> choosing to not have him? I know he kind of contradicted himself right there, but that's not the part that I was focused on. It was more about his teammates and whether or not he has everyone I've played with. Okay, how many guys did he play with? There was a lot of guys. Let's see, Devin Booker, all right, Chris Paul, of course, Camp Johnson, McCall. Dude, if Bridges. that's true, that's not great. If it if it's honestly everybody on the team that was I, there last year exactly. being like, Hey, we missed you, how you doing? Then let's just look that's at this why from a say human level. Solved. If 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 we and Suns fans are watching the Suns lose four, five, six in a row, or they're losing eight of nine or whatever, and you're watching it, you're like, man. Sure could use Jay Crowder right now. Man. Are you telling me the guys on that team who know exactly. Jay Crowder, who have had a lot of success playing with Jay Crowder, aren't walking off the court after a, 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 a bad loss to Denver, being yeah. like, we're beat up, we're getting embarrassed? Boy, I sure miss Jay. See, and this is the thing I, I did not know. This is the thing that I speculated about often when talking about Jay Crowder is how well-liked and respected he truly was inside that locker room. If, in fact, you're telling me that he has talked to every one of the guys that he played with and the support that they're, they're giving him because of the impact he's had on them, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, I, have, I, I know guys like Jay Crowder. I know I I know guys that are role players that make guys around them better. Guys that are impact players. Not only the tangible of going out and competing, but the intangible. That's Jay Crowder. If in fact what he's saying is true. And we all kind of suspected that was the case. But we thought to ourselves, what well, are you telling me Jay Crowder really had that much of an impact on his teammates? That much of an impact on the culture? The defense, the toughness, the physicality, really? The clutch? That was, Jake Crowder was that embedded in all of this? Maybe it was. They looked like they were missing something before this crazy rash of injuries. And it's not like having Jake Crowder. Jake Crowder's not, 
Michael Jordan in his prime. I get that. But every little thing they've looked like they're missing, yeah. he contributes. He but, would make them a little bit stronger in all those categories. You're so right about that. But, Luke, look at where did all this begin? Where? Uh, You've got to go it, it all the way the back. Series yes. You have to, in my opinion right now. With the evidence that we have, pure speculation. But you have to go back to the Maverick series. We don't have anything other than we speculation like, at this point. We we were like, what is going on? What happened? And everyone was buttoned up, man. And that's why I'm wondering right now, why now? What? Why now? Why is Mikael Bridges now actually commenting on it? What? Why is Jay Crowder coming out? Jay Crowder, why is he coming out now and saying this? Why is he not on another team at this point? Because the the part, and I guess we don't know this for sure now from this story, but the part that this, you're right, it offers some clarity. To me, it it offers it in the the context of how do his teammates feel about this? Is there somebody on this team that's like, I'm not playing with Jay Crowder, it's it's him or me? It doesn't sound like it. No, It sounds like his teammates miss Jay Crowder based on what his teammates are saying. And then that really raises the question of why is he not playing? What happened? Because this is the worst way for it to play out. If they miss him and they're losing and they look over and he's not even, it's not like he's on another team. He's just sitting there. He could be helping them. Man, <laughs> this move of pushing me out the door, was I was blindsided. Not only me, but my teammates. <laughs> that's that's no, the no, quote. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's the quote. Once again, I go back to the thought of whatever happened inside the Suns culture, inside the Suns locker room, whatever happened in that Maverick series, it was devastating. It was was a devastating truth. Something that maybe they all assumed was true suddenly was not. What is that something? (laughs) <laughs> what is that? Because it, it clearly impacted the souls, if you will, of the Phoenix Suns players. What did Devin Booker say uh, earlier this season that that one series doesn't have to define them, right? You could not be more spot on, Book. You lose a series like that, okay, it sucks. We're going to be talking about it for years because it didn't make any sense the way they went out. But it doesn't have to impact you negatively going forward. This is impacting them negatively going forward. And at this point, I would say the team is allowing it to happen. Or Jay Crowder. Again, we still don't really know who is definitively behind this. But if that quote that you read is true about the teammates, it's not that they're losing 9.4 points a game and 5.3 rebounds a game. It is a team that is beat up, is also distracted. I'm confused and hurt my coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization. (laughs) Okay. There was a way to bury the story three months ago. You either just figure out, work it out, because you're paying him, or trade him. When he's just sitting there, it's more and more likely that stuff like this is going to come out. So he just told you what the problem was, according to Jay Crowder. According to Jay Crowder. According to Jay Crowder. He just told you what he thinks the problem is. Yeah, and it's not like the Suns are winning games right now. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we'll give you our predictions for the NFC West wildcard games. One key for each of them. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Jake Crowder segment. Wolf, I feel like we could have just done 45 minutes on that and just never hit a commercial. So cool, man. It really is just deep. It goes deep inside human nature and the collective soul of a professional sports team. I love it. It just, uh, I don't know if I love it because of where this team is, is I love at right the now. Conversation but the conversation about it, man. No, that just carried right over into the break and pretty much all the way through. We're going to switch gears, though, right now to football because we've got wild card weekend starting up tomorrow afternoon. Seahawks. Niners, that's the only NFC game tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, the afternoon game, Giants-Vikings, and then Monday night, Cowboys-Buccaneers. So we're just going to focus on the NFC right here, those three games. Do you have a preference where we start? No, I do not. All right, let me, um, let's me let let's start with, uh, here, I'm going to start with a quote from Mike McCarthy, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, who finished the season quite miserably in embarrassing <laughs> fashion against the Washington Commanders. Here's McCarthy. You know, to be honest, I mean, I've never told Dak not to run. You know, if, if anything, um, I encourage him to, 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 you know, to ignite this scramble drill more because it's uh, something that, you know, was frankly was not existent before I got here, and I think it's gotten better each year, and um, and I think he's really good at it too. So, um, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you can't. <clears throat> You can't push, particularly your quarterback, to go play this way. I mean, because you know he, he just has to trust the trust the play call, be aggressive with the adjustments, and and, and play the play. Because um, you know this this defense is is schematically the volume's high, and um, so we got we got to make sure that we we keep ourselves in clean plays. Kind of feels like a shot of Jason Garrett mixed in there somewhere too. Frankly, that part of his game was non-existent when I got here. He yeah. should have told Dak not to run more at the end of the playoff game last year against the 49ers when they ran out the clock on themselves. Yeah, they yeah. should. <laughs> that was bad. That was, was not ideal. Um, you know what? Yeah, this game is going to be very interesting because I think it's Brady or bust. That's what I think. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 32 in rushing yards per game, number 32 in rushing yards per play. Luke, they can't really run the ball effectively. They've struggled to run the ball effectively all season long. Now, they've gotten a little bit better as of late, yet at the same time, um, this is going to be about Tom Brady. And can Tom Brady go out and, and beat the Dallas Cowboys? Can Brady do it? against that Dallas Cowboys defense, and in particular, that Dallas Cowboys pass rush, and in particular, Micah Parsons. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me the key is, it's similar to what you're saying. To me, it's it's the Cowboys defense. This is a game that if it's close, I don't know that I love Dallas's chances. If you told me this is a blowout, though, Dallas blows out Tampa. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to get real interesting. If the the later, this is one of those games. The deeper you go into it, the pressure is is firmly on one team. It's firmly on the Dallas Cowboys, and so. If their defense, if Micah Parsons, like you said, if they take care of business and they just allow the offense a chance to make a few mistakes, then then I think they're they're fine. They are the better team. You could make a case Tampa's the worst team in these playoffs, mm-hmm. but they do have Tom Brady, and Dallas does have the what basically twenty five plus years of of falling apart in the playoffs now of, of history since they were winning the Super Bowls in the early nineties. <laughs> See, I just kind of I look at that and I just say that has no bearing whatsoever. 
Do you think last no year bearing has some bearing, though? Whatsoever. The, the meltdown in the playoffs against San Francisco? I, I, yes, and the reason why I will say that is because there are players on this team for yes. the Dallas Cowboys that were there last yeah. year. Um, it's, you know, Most when I of hear them. this, boy, they, the Cowboys haven't been to the, you know, well, a playoff game. And when I hear that, I just think immediately, that means absolutely zilch. You don't think Tony guys. Romo botching the field goal attempt against the Seahawks? <laughs> well, there was a little something, something there that I kind of thought was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you that, that last year, though, I think carries over. I just, I think the pressure is, and if you're Mike McCarthy, yeah. you probably keep your job if you lose. But it is Dallas, and Sean Payton is out there. Like, don't you? I just I feel like all the pressure's on one team, and unless that team is far superior, that doesn't always yeah. work out so well. Listen, the Buccaneers do a great job of protecting the ball and protecting Tom Brady. That's what they do. They do a great job of that. Yet at the same time, um, in terms of throwing the ball, and that's what the Buccaneers are going to do. They're going to throw the ball. The Dallas Cowboys are a top 10 team, and that's where they want you. They want you throwing the ball, and they're going to get after you, and they will turn you over. They've been doing it defensively all season long. So that's going to be the matchup there. Here are the teams. Tampa's the only uh, sub-500 team in these playoffs, okay? Here's the team's with a worse point differential than Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Nobody. Here's the teams <laughs> with the worst point differential than Tampa Bay just in the NFL, okay? Titans, Broncos, Rams, Cardinals, Texans, Bears, Colts. Okay. That's it. What's your point? I mean, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> they just that's not that team shouldn't be in the playoffs. It's being facetious. I know, I just wanted to drive it home. All right, uh let's go. Let's go to the game that you love this weekend, Minnesota and the Giants. Yeah, okay. You know what, honestly, right here, the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants right here, the team that runs the ball the best is going to win this game. And a gross simplification of the truth right now. Yes, I realize it's Kirk Cousins everybody, and it's Daniel Jones. Oh my goodness. I just said uh, the, the thought process of a one in three Kirk Cousins right now, one in three in the postseason and Daniel Jones being, um, metaphorically resurrected by Brian Dabo. Um, now all of a sudden, boy, the upside is there for every one of these guys to win a playoff game. The upside for Daniel Jones. Are you kidding me? Capping a comeback season for Daniel Jones. The upside for Kirk Cousins is tremendous by winning this game. And um, I'm fascinated with that. And I think it's going to be a close game. And I think it is going to come down to turnovers and running. But if I had to pick one, it's going to be the line of scrimmage, man. It's going to be the team that actually can run the ball the best, puts their quarterback in a good position, either Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins, to throw the ball. For me, that's what it comes down to. I think the key for me is is can the Giants score? Who's going to score? Because if they can, Saquon. I think they win this game. Well, yeah, well, and that's the thing. And if they can get to even like 21 points, I think and that's going to be my pick would be them to beat Minnesota. And, and I do think maybe people have swung too far on Minnesota the other way. This isn't a great matchup. If Minnesota was playing, you know, somebody, if Minnesota was playing Seattle, I'd pick Minnesota. I, I still... Minnesota should win this game. This is the one game I keep going back and forth on. But the two games with the most negative pressure on one team this weekend are in the NFC. And we just went through them. There's a lot of negative pressure on Dallas. There's a lot, there's more negative pressure on Minnesota than anybody. Like there's pressure on Buffalo, right? Because Buffalo is a great team and they have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But it's, it's like, here we go. Here's starting off the playoff run. 
With Minnesota, it's like if you mess up at all, everybody's going to be pointing and seeing. See, I told you so. Here we go again with Kirk Cousins. Uh, all right, the San Francisco-Seattle game. To me, real quick, the key is the 49ers showing up to play the game. Oh, boy. Like walking onto the field that in uniform. That was dismissive right there, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I know you I said earlier. this is going to be really ugly, huh? It could be. No, you know, the last meeting, though, was was close. Seattle tends to keep these games close, and they just hang around. Yeah, I'm not going to write Seattle right. off. No, you're right about that. I, I think this is going to be a more competitive game than I think uh, we all think. <laughs> that was kind of cool right I there. I think it'll be more competitive yeah, yes. than I think we all think. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, the 49ers, um, they have a quarterback named Brock Purdy, Ron Wolfley reporting right Ooh. now. This is going to be his first playoff game. <laughs> it's almost his first game. <laughs> this is going to be his first playoff game. By the way, um, everyone's expecting the 49ers to run the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, roll them and run them. They're expecting them to destroy, and, and maybe there's so much pressure on Brock Purdy at some point in time. This He's a young guy, local product. I love him. I'm rooting for him. I really am rooting for the 49ers because of Brock Purdy. But this game, whoever protects the ball, the best is going to win. And I'm sorry to bring it down to that. You're talking about two legendary coaches in terms of fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll actually started the whole fundamentals thing. No, he did not. But you get my point. It matters to Pete Carroll. Fundamentals and to Kyle Shanahan as well. That is blocking and tackling and blocking and tackling and protecting the ball. Whoever protects the ball, look at it. The only stat you have to look at at the end of the game, who won the turnover battle? This is also Geno Smith's first playoff game that he's actually going to play in. Like He's been on teams that have been to the playoffs, but the first pass he throws in that game will be his first playoff pass. So this is like the one matchup where Brock Purdy's at least playoff in experience, he's not he's not going up against Brady. If you would have told me that before you just said that, I would have said, There's, you are so full of it. Geno Smith was, wait a minute, was he? <laughs> you know, that was. If you would have told me that before you just said that, that would have been <laughs> physically impossible. That the one thing I can't do is tell you what I'm going to tell you before I tell you. That was great. Uh, all right. Mind blow. That was, that was twice in that segment. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale, and you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, what do you want to hear from Sean Payton if you were interviewing him for the Cardinals job? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We talk so much about whether or not Sean Payton will be interested in the Arizona Cardinals. Had the question in the pre-show meeting, okay, if you're interviewing Sean Payton, what do you want to hear from him? You know, we are all on board. Okay, go out there and just get Sean Payton at all costs. I don't know what Mike Bidwell is. We will, uh, I'm sure if he's doing the interview, he's going to want to ask some questions of Sean Payton. How are you going to handle Kyler Murray? What, what is your you know, answer? Should. That should be the first one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, it's actually, it's supposed to be the team interviewing the coach. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, work. I know. 
And um, that's the thing, too. Honestly, right now, I'd be very, very interested to hear what John Payton is going to say in that interview. Because interviewing is something completely different, of course, to actually going on camera or getting behind a microphone and saying something. Do you think he he just sits there and just like kind of has a Super Bowl ring on one finger and just taps it on the table? (laughs) It's like, well, I sorry, I couldn't hear your question. What was that? I I doubt that. Is that what you do if you had a Super Bowl ring? Uh, Maybe not, but if I had two, yeah, (laughs) definitely if I had two. Uh, This is Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show this morning talking about the possibility of Sean Payton to the Cardinals. So going into this, I would have said, I don't know if Sean Payton would go to the Cardinals. Now I think it's pretty legit. Like, really? Yeah. Like, both them and the Texans have kind of undercover pretty good opportunities because Kyler is different. But Sean Payton's different, too, and maybe that works. And he is a great coach and will no doubt give some accountability to Kyler Murray and make sure of it. Um, They're not going to need a clause in the contract, et cetera. Sean will make sure of it. And then the Texans, you basically get to start clean with a new quarterback at number two, like, and the you know seventy five million dollars of cap space. That's a pretty good opportunity too. <laughs> I like How about that. Ian Rappaport right sounded like he surprised himself at the beginning of that. He's like, I think it's legit. And Pat McAfee was like, Really? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I thought that was really sincere. Actually, he, he really thought about his reply. Yeah, I think I think that could happen. Yeah, it's very very interesting. Once again, um, no mention of Denver. Ian, why no? Why why no mention of Denver? I think Denver. Everyone, viewed, everyone they're, they're says the Denver is right? the front. Well, yeah. I think that's how they're viewed. Okay, they're viewed that way. Uh, Ian Rappaport would disagree. Apparently, well, I and yeah, maybe I, I was taking that as him being like, no, I think these other two teams do have a chance. This is a, the uh, Mike Triplett tweeted this out before too. Saints GM Mickey Loomis confirmed the Saints gave permission to the Broncos, Texans, Cardinals to interview Sean Payton. No others yet said they haven't finalized exactly what trade compensation would be, but generally discussed what it would entail. Yes, so I do think that last part of that tweet is important because for the Cardinals, Texans, and Broncos to get permission, and now they're going to conduct interviews with Sean Payton. I would assume next week that has to. Say on some level, all three of those teams are on board with what the Saints are asking for in terms of compensation. That's the forgotten obstacle in this whole conversation. Do you think they've already talked about the compensation with all three teams? Do you think they've already gotten that out there? That tweet from Triplett says they've generally discussed it. Generally, see that right there. They haven't finalized it. Yeah, defined generally. Oh, okay. Because you can say whatever you want to say. Okay, yeah, yeah. um, Generally, you're looking for a first round pick. You're you're looking for number three overall. um, Boy, uh, what else are you going to give us? Um, You know, anyways, I guess what I'm saying is you could always say, yeah, all right, um, you know. Because you don't even know if you're going to hire the guy. Well, that's true. It could be as simple as like, hey, what do you want? Uh, well, we really would like a pick. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. We'll, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get you a pick. We haven't even interviewed yeah. yet, okay? I'd like to sit down and say, what are you going to do with Kyler Murray? What are you going to do? Boom, 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 boom. You know what? I think that stinks. You're gone. You know, so I'm not going to give you anything. Or maybe he says, boom, 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 boom. And you really like it. And you go, oh, my goodness, that's a great plan for Kyler Murray. Okay, you know what? Uh, We're not giving you a number three. (laughs) We're not doing that. You're going to start negotiating. That's what you're going to do. It's it's crazy that just those three teams, and and 
I mean, I don't think any of us would be shocked if another team jumps in. But if it's just those three teams, they feasibly could all have such different questions for Peyton in the interview, right? I mean, the Broncos is probably just like, how much, how much control do you want? How much, you know, what's, can you get anything out of Russ? What, what do we have to give you? To me, with the Broncos, it's like, what do we have to give you? And with the Cardinals, it really is like, what do you think you can do with Kyler Murray? Yeah. And with the Texans, it's like, well, we can't believe you showed up. Please take this job. <laughs> the Texans, I, I truly wonder about that one. I really do. But right now also, the sense of urgency that is out there, the sense of urgency... I think is something that is part of the plan here with Michael Bidwell. Obviously, January 17th, man, January 17th looms. They have two general manager interviews today. Two. Man, you know, bang, bang, bang. They're knocking these these interviews out. And Michael was talking about this very thing, the sense of urgency that is out there right now, not only because you want to go ahead and possibly hire a general manager to hire the next head coach as well, but um, also to get these interviews out of the way so that you can actually line up Sean Payton. Because to me, I, I think I would want to interview, this is just me personally, I'd want to interview him last provided he was going to give us the opportunity to interview him and wasn't going to go up there to Denver and just accept any offer they were going to give him because he was actually going to watch tape on Russell Wilson. From this year. from Right. Not from 2015. <laughs> I'm so glad you clarified. <laughs> from this year. And maybe if you want to, go ahead and look at his last year in Seattle as well. You, you might want to look two, at that one, too. don't go any further. Before, okay, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Because you know what, Sean? I don't know about you, Sean. Are you saying what I'm saying right now? Because I mean that shoulder now. I, there's a little... He, man, Russ doesn't look like Russ. You know I mean? Well, you know, it goes back... I'm just saying you are going to say that to him. It goes back to the Matthew Stafford conversation we were having the other day, too, of like, if, if, you, if you're just looking at the Cardinals and the Broncos for a second... <laughs> Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl. He should have won a second Super Bowl if they had just run the ball. But either way, he's won and been to a Super Bowl. So if you're Sean Payton, it's not like you can go be the guy that made Russell Wilson a Super Bowl champ. He's won before. Right. It's not like you're going to go win Denver a Super Bowl. They've won before. I mean, right. you would be beloved if you won them another Super Bowl. But whereas with Kyler Murray, it's like if you best case scenario with Kyler is... You're the guy that figured out Kyler Murray. You unlocked all that talent. You brought a Super Bowl to Arizona, the first one ever. Yeah. There's a lot. When you're just looking at best-case scenarios, and I'm assuming a guy like Sean Payton does because he probably thinks he can he can do that. There's The best-case scenario is better here than it is in Denver. Why Houston is kind of a wild card is because he can handpick the quarterback. He's yes. probably going to have his choice of any quarterback in the draft unless Chicago trades that pick. I know, but if I had my druthers, man, once again, it would be a situation where Sean Payton was the last guy that I interviewed because he would be the anvil on which all others were shaped and compared. He would be the metaphorical anvil. And then all of a sudden, if you know, you know in your heart, man, he definitely was different from everybody else. He definitely is more qualified. He's the guy that can fix Kyler Murray. Who cares what the price tag is at that point in time? Uh, financially, yes. Financially. Not the, Who cares? Not, not the number three over, overall pick in the draft. I can't even get the words out because I'm so yeah, anti-trading. No. Who that. could be a total bust, by the way. If you can guarantee me Sean Payton's going to come in here and win Super Bowls, yes, I, you can have I the number three pick in the draft. Can you guarantee me the number three pick in the 
draft is going to be an all pro. No, but I can guarantee you I can package something else together that is just as beneficial to the Saints. Okay, great. You can have um, my first next year and my second this year. Guarantee me that suddenly. Well, you know what? I'm willing to work on that. All right, I am. <laughs> there's there's got to be some work on that, Luke. Of course there is. But, you know, at some point in time, if they dig their heels in and say, I'm not going to do it until we get number three. Uh, metaphorical anvil. Think the big picture. That's another good tool song. We need to be making a list of these. Metaphorical okay, but anvil. When you make that move, there's got to be a way to do it without overpaying. All right, when we come back over to basketball, if the Suns seem stuck, there might be a very tangible reason why. And we'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.